All right, let's turn to Matthew 15. Matthew 15. Appreciate those uh, songs. And so I ought to go with the thought tonight. Matthew 15. And you'll find that right after Matthew 14, just in case you need some help there. Matthew 15. We'll read verses 1 through 9, and then we'll drop down to verse 21 and read verses 21 through 28. So 1 through 9, and then verses 21 through 28 in Matthew 15. So we begin in Matthew 15, verse 1. It says, then came, Je- then came to Jesus scribes and Pharisees, which were of Jerusalem, saying, Why do thy disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they wash not their hands when they eat bread. But he answered and said to them, Why do you also transgress the commandment of God by your tradition? For God commanded, saying, Honor thy father and mother, and he that curses father and mother, let him die the death. But ye say, Whosoever shall say to his father or his mother, It is a gift, by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me. And honor not his father or his mother, he shall be free. Thus have ye made the commandment of God of none effect by your tradition. Ye hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain they do worship me teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. Now verse 21. (laughs) Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy upon me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Verse 28, Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Let's pray. Lord, again, we thank you for your mercy and grace. And uh, Lord, we thank you again for these uh, good songs, Lord, to stir our hearts and minds by way of remembrance. Uh, Dear God, what a wonderful uh, Lord and Savior you are. And Lord God, about prayer, as we'll look at this thought tonight, dear God, uh, uh, teach us to pray. Make that a desire uh, of our heart, Lord, uh, to be people of prayer, to be a church of uh, prayer. And uh, God, we pray for those in need tonight. Again, we think of uh, Don, we think of Donna, and Lord, we think of Deborah, we think of, again, Pam and Sonny. We think of a Sister Barnett. We think of Sister Clark. We think of uh, Sister Meredith. Lord, we think of Sister Muxlow. Lord, we think of these traveling. Uh, Sally and her family. Uh, uh, Brother Myers' uh, son as he's in Uganda and South Africa. And Lord, the team as they're preparing, uh, the mission team as they're preparing to leave and go out uh, for several weeks to, to minister uh, around the country, dear God. And uh, Lord, so just pray for these needs and no doubt. Uh, Dear God, the things that are upon people's hearts tonight, important decisions that need to be made, burdens upon people's hearts. Again, uh, we all have the lost uh, loved ones, dear God, and we pray for them. And uh, Lord, help us as a church, uh, dear God. Well, we want to stay united. Well, we want to stay in your will. We want to stay moving forward. We think about the VBS coming up. 
uh, dear God, that uh, help us to uh, find uh, children, Lord, to bring in and uh, uh, have a good uh, VBS this year. Lord, we thank you for brother and sister uh, McLean uh, putting this uh, together and those that are uh, volunteering to help out. Uh, dear God, Lord, we just go ahead and pray that and help us uh, these next few weeks as we get ready for it. And again, Lord, help us as we look at this portion of Scripture, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we uh, look here and as we're going to see, as the Lord traveled to the coast of Tyre and Sidon, of course, we'll see that he found uh, something there that uh, he didn't find. Uh, of course, it starts off where he's talking to the scribes and Pharisees. And he, didn't, he finds something among, in this woman's heart that he didn't find in the hearts of the, of the religious crowd, right, of the leaders of Judaism. And, of course, uh, this would be a, a teaching moment as we get down here. We see how his disciples reacted. So he takes this and it becomes a teaching moment for his disciples. But we see here that he found a woman of great faith in God. And, of course, we see the Lord rewarded her faith and taught his disciples, right? Taught his disciples that God is able to work in unexpected places and in unexpected people. In unexpected places and in unexpected people. And, of course, we saw in verses 1 through 9, we see the scribes and Pharisees, uh, they came to Jesus and said, how come you're not like us, <laughs> right? How come you're not like us? Well, now, for the scribes, uh, they were in New Testament times, scribes were the interpreters and teachers of the law. And of course, uh, uh, just like we see with the Pharisees, he was always getting to them and rebuking uh, the religious crowd. And the Pharisees, of course, they were a, a religious uh, sect in Jesus' day. We know, uh, right, that Paul was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. Of course, they were proud and uh, hypocritical and, of course, uh, opposed to Jesus Christ. And, uh, of course, they were instrumental in his death. And uh, they had made the Old Testament law, right, into an unreasonable and unscriptural system, right? That's the problem. They turn it into a system. It was never meant to be a system of legalism and ignored the spiritual meaning God had intended them to receive. And, of course, uh, we got to be careful about doing that same thing today, just taking, you know, all these these and thous and stuff that, and God's standards and just turn them into a religious uh, uh, system. And uh, I'm glad I don't have religion. Then you see in here the uh, expression of, uh, you see the expression of the tradition of the elders, right? And uh, so the Pharisees delivered to the people by tradition their ancestors many injunctions which were not written in the law of Moses, right? And he said they rebuked for adding to uh, uh, the things of God. And we got to be careful about that. You know, again, that's why we got to know the difference between precepts, uh, principles and preferences, right, uh, to make sure that we're not adding to uh, the Word of God. And so it mentions uh, a tradition. Uh, he, they say there, why do thy disciples transgress through a tradition of the elders? Didn't mention the Word of God. He says, well, you're making a big deal about that. Well, look what you're doing uh, to, uh, to, the word of, to the Word of God. And so we see the word tradition here. <coughs> so they make a big deal out of that. And again, another example why I don't like to use the word <coughs> tradition. We're talking about uh, traditional marriage or having a traditional service, right? Uh, we don't want people to think we're just doing it because of tradition. But notice he says this about them in verse 8. Talking about the scribes and Pharisees, he says this, This people draweth nigh unto me, but what? But with their mouth. And honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. 
You see, that is what that is what matters, not what your lips are saying, right? But where is your heart? Well, that's always a good question to ask, right? Uh, you know, we can always say the right thing, but where is our heart? Is our heart close to God tonight? Is our heart where it should be in relationship to God tonight? Again, he says, but in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. And that's something we always have to be in guard about. This is something we need to be careful of. And I'm sure even we as independent Baptists have been guilty of turning preferences into principles or uh, traditions. But on the other hand, if something truly is a principle or a godly standard, we don't want to back away uh, from it either, right? We want to make sure that we're rightly dividing the Word of God and standing in where the Word of God speaks. We want to speak, but where the Word of God is silent, amen, we need to learn to be silent as well. So we see that he, he rebukes the Pharisees, and so he didn't find what he was looking for among the religious crowd. So notice uh, verse 21. It says this, Then Jesus went thence and departed. So he left there. He did not find what he was looking for among the scribes and Pharisees, among those who should have known, amen, uh, 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 how to have a close relationship with God, right, and should have had great faith. But yet again, they didn't take the Word of God to increase their faith and help them develop a close relationship with God. They turned it into a, a system, and look, instead of honoring God, they sought honor from men. So uh, the Lord uh, turned away from them. And of course, we know the Jews were definitely God's people, but they didn't have a corner on God, if you will, because you know what has a corner on God? Faith is what has a corner on God. That's what God's, that's what God's looking for. He wanted it in his people, but hey, wherever God saw faith, uh, that's who he paid attention to. So Christ departed. He'd had enough of that group, I guess, for one day, and he went down into this, uh, this area. And then we notice again, verse 21, Then Jesus went thence and departed in the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And then we see this woman comes up on the scene. Of course, she was a, uh, you read over there in Mark, and it says, uh, of course, she was a Greek. She was a Gentile. And it says, Behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. And notice this, My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. So this mother cries out for her child. Well, I thought, thank God for parents that cry out to God for their children. And I mention this often, we need to pray for our children and grandchildren as never before. That word vex means under the power of, says my daughter is under the power of a devil. My daughter is being uh, heavenly influenced, amen, through a devil in her life. Now, we use the word demon a lot. We say, we always say demon, but actually the word demon is not, not in the Bible. But a lot of times we use that where we say they're demon possessed. But uh, it didn't say the devil, but a devil. All those, uh, right, fallen uh, uh, angels are, are devils. But of course, there is the devil. There is Satan, right, the leader. But here it says she was grievously vexed with a devil. She was under the power and influence of a devil. And boy, we can certainly say that in this generation, boy, as we, as we uh, uh, watch the news, you know, uh, what's, what's uh, going on? And again, this generation is definitely vexed by unclean spirits. What is going on among our young people is unprecedented. What's going on, again, in our schools, I talked about that. I just saw in the, the news today, 
where you know how they use flashcards to teach children? They were, uh, they were using cards, flashcards, that rapid the uh, LGBTQMOUSE, right? Right, they got so many alphabets, right? Uh, 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 you know, that uh, uh, flashcards to teach kids colors and showing pictures of stuff, you know, showing uh, they, they had one with a, a, man, a man and a woman, and the woman had her arm around the man, and it was the man that was pregnant in the picture. And they're using these cards to teach children. So, we, I mean, it's wicked, and it's, uh, it's vile. It's wicked, and it's vile. And so this is what our, this generation is facing. This generation is definitely vexed by unclean spirit. And again, what's going on among our people is unprecedented. The spiritual warfare, the spiritual warfare our young people are dealing with in this generation is unlike what we dealt with in our generation. No doubt, hey, we know there's always been evil in the world. We know that. We know there's always been sort of uh, that type of group, right? But now it's everything's just wide open. And I believe because America has turned on God, I believe the devil has more liberty in this generation than before. Right? You know, uh, 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 the, when the Bible talks about Pharaoh hardened his heart, right? That God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Well, how did God harden Pharaoh's heart? Well, listen, all God has to do is when he pulls back his spirit, right? The automatic condition is that a people becomes more evil, right? Uh, hearts become more hardened. Now, we know one day, uh, right, uh, uh, God's going, when the church is pulled out, right, a lot of things are going to change as, as far as the way the Holy Spirit works. But even now, I believe because of what's going on, God is pulling back uh, his uh, spirit more, if you will. And uh, there's more liberty. I really believe there's more liberty given to the devil in this day and age. Uh, perhaps there was even in our generation. And you, you can see that at wide open uh, in this day and age. The devil has more liberty in this generation. You know, I, I, you know, it breaks my heart when I saw the I see these uh, uh, precious young ladies uh, that sang here this morning. I think of these precious uh, young ladies, and it reminds me of uh, uh, young precious young ladies that I knew years ago. That I knew years ago when they were their age, and I look when those young ladies. I think back uh, uh, some uh, young people I know when they were young and uh, they were pure and they were they were innocent and they had tender hearts. But yet today, I think of some of those same young people. You know what? They're almost unrecognizable compared to what they once were because of uh, yielding to the influence of Satan in their life. You see, uh, in Job, you th think of the story of Job. Job, Job had, Job, in Job, Satan had liberty, what? To a certain line. God would say, okay, you can do something, but this is where you draw the line. You can only go to this point in dealing with Job. And then Satan came back, and then he gave him another line in which he was able to go to, right? Well, it seems like in this generation, uh, I think of it this way. I think about, you know, uh, uh, the devil has, God has the devil on a chain. The de God has the devil on a leash. And it seems that the leash that God keeps the devil on has been lengthened, if you will. Right. And uh, he's able to go a little bit further uh, somehow in this generation than maybe he was able to go uh, 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 before, at least in America. Now I'm talking uh, specifically about America because uh, of America's heritage. And so I believe the leash that God keeps the devil on has been lengthened, if you will. And now, now he is reaping more havoc in this generation. 
And so this woman is praying for her child that's been grievously vexed by a devil. For whatever reason, the devil uh, had uh, opportunity in her life. And it seems like the devil in this generation has more opportunity in young people's uh, lies. We must, that's why, so we must stay much in prayer before God on behalf of the children. And notice how God responds here, how Jesus responds. So he, she cries out to God. She prays to God. She, come, she prays to Jesus, says, my daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. And notice how 23 says, but he answered her not a word. Can you imagine? He answered her not a word. Well, there's a message right there when God is silent. When God is silent. Listen, if God is silent, there's a purpose behind his silence. Amen. God has a purpose and a reason for everything he does. And so if you're crying out to God and you're praying to God and you've got some great burden, and it just seems like he's silent. Listen, he, for whatever reason, he has a reason and purpose behind his silence. But remember this, because when it doesn't seem like he answers right away, you can rest in this. You know he heard right away. Amen. <laughs> he heard right away, and he knows uh, the cry of your heart. So he, he waits a minute. He says he answered not a word. And so then his disciples step in. They, 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 you know, they act like, well, he must not care. Isn't it amazing how many times the disciples think that Jesus doesn't care about the situation? Uh, Cares thou not that we perish? Well, of course he, he cared, right? I mean, he was on the boat too, right? I mean, uh, well, they would have had to swim back to shore. He would have walked back to shore, but they would have had to swim back to shore, right? But uh, of course he cared, right? And he cares what's going Listen, there's never a moment, no matter how things feel, that he doesn't care. And of course he cared, but of course the disciples uh, step in and they always uh, mess it up and says, send her away. She crieth for us. But he answered and said, I am not sent, but in the lost sheep of the house of Israel. You see, when Christ was upon the earth during his public ministry, his main focus was what? His main focus was uh, his ministry to Israel. That was the main focus uh, during that time. But look what happens. He says that first he doesn't answer a word. And then when he does answer, he sort of uh, seems like he, you know, just, you know, speaks. Well, listen. Uh, I've not got time for you. My focus is on the house of Israel right now. But look how she responded. Then came she. Then came she. I, I, just, I just love that thought. It's like she sort of says to him, well, hey, if you're not going to come to me, I'm going to come to you. Well, that's a good sign of faith and persistence. Hey, hey, listen, I'm trying to get you to come over me and help you, uh, help me. But if you're not willing to come to me, hey, listen, I'm going to come to you. And notice what she did. What did she do? It says she worshiped. Now, here's this great burden for her daughter. Here, God, at first, uh, is, you know, if you look at it like the disciples did, he ignores her, and then he just uh, sort of says something. They probably took it to something, uh, flip it through it. Well, listen, I, I got time with you. I'm focused on the house of Israel right now. But you know what? She didn't give up. Why? Because she had that great burden for her daughter, that great burden of what the devil was doing in the life of her child. But yet, even in that, she realized... Amen? That he was worthy of worship. It says she came and worshiped him. And that word means to adore. That word means to show respect. That word literally means to lay down prostrate before one and give one the honor due. So you know what that showed? That all pride was gone in her life. Whatever it took, she was willing to humble herself to get a hold of God 
on behalf of her child. What a great witness this is. Thank God for persistent prayer. Hey, listen, if I have a need, that's the kind of person I want praying for me. And listen, that's the kind of people we need to pray, be in praying for others. And then he takes it even a step further. And, even, and now here he is, one, it's one thing, she cries out to him, and then he's silent. And then he says, well, hey, I got time with you. I'm focused on Israel. And then she says, well, hey, she, you're not going to come to me. I'll come to you. And she worships him. And then what he, what, look what he turns around and says to her. But he answered and said, it is not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. It is not, and look what she says. She says, he just says, you old Gentile dog. Remember, dogs were the Jews' ways of referring to the Gentiles. You know, over there in Psalm 22, when he says, I'm compassed about with the, uh, the dogs, he's talking about the Gentiles. That's the way that, that uh, uh, the Jews uh, uh, looked at us. Well, listen, I just want you to know I'm a German shepherd, okay? Anybody asking? Right? He says, you old Gentile dog. And look what she says. She didn't bat an eye. She says truth. She says, truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's table. You see, look at that. He, 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 first, he, just, he seems to ignore her in man's eyes. And then he just says, well, listen, I got time for you. I'm focused on Israel. And then she comes and she's sitting there worshiping him, trying to give him honor and glory. And then he says, well, listen, uh, uh, listen, uh, uh, I, I, don't, I don't have time for uh, you Gentile dogs. And then she just, she just keeps going. She says truth. You know what that shows me? When someone is serious with God, they don't care how rough the truth is. Right? I hear people say, oh, you can't preach like that anymore. Oh, listen. Oh, this generation won't take that kind of preaching on, about preaching on hell and preaching on the blood and preaching against sin and preaching against... You can't preach like that in this generation. Oh, yes, you can. Listen, if somebody is serious about wanting some from God and getting a hold of God, listen, they don't care how rough the truth is and what, and they don't get offended by every little word. Well, I would have, but that, that preacher said this or that person said that. Well, you know what that shows me? That just shows me that you're not ready to get serious uh, with God yet. Because when you really want stuff from God and you realize you really have a need from God, amen, you're going to keep you're going to keep going on. Uh, uh, nothing, no, nothing can nothing can shake you away. Amen. From getting a hold of God, if you will, like we see uh, in this in this uh, uh, woman's life. Man, I listen. I, I never remember once getting offended uh, by what my uh, but what my pastor uh, preached. No matter how hard, if you will, uh, he preached it. I always say that verse in Proverbs, right? Uh, and not now. Watch now if I if I can uh, uh, quote it right. <laughs> to the uh, I just remember part of it, right to to the to the uh, the full soul, the full soul loatheth even the honeycomb, right? But to the hungry soul, every bitter thing is sweet. The full soul loatheth even the honeycomb. And those people say, well, you can't preach like that. You know, you got to be nice and, you know, you got to be, you got you to be cool. You got to learn to relate to this generation, you know. No, 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 no. Listen, when somebody's full, listen, Thanksgiving, right? You, 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 you eat Thanksgiving dinner and somebody brings you your favorite dessert, you almost throw up. <laughs> Why? Because you're full. When people are full of the world and full of themselves, it doesn't matter how much you try to relate to them, how much you try to bring it down to their level. Listen, they're going to reject it. But when somebody like this woman realizes that God is the only thing that can help them in their situation, that the only help they have is Jesus Christ, amen, 
right? To the hungry, so every bitter thing is sweet. You, 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 you can lay out sin. You can lay out hell. You can lay out the truth of the word of God. You know what they're going to say? I need that. I need that. He's the what I need. And buddy, it didn't matter what this woman, what, God, what the Lord said to this woman. She didn't quit. She didn't give up. She was persistent in her prayer. The old Gentile dog, truth. So when someone is serious with God, they don't care about how rough the truth is, if you will. They don't get offended by every little word. Amen. But uh, he, he, she said, call me what you will, but I just want you to answer my prayer. Prayer. She says this. Yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Let me tell you this. Crumbs from the hand of God are better than a gourmet meal from the world. Amen. I love that type of spirit. But when I read that, crumbs, amen. She said, true, Lord, but crumbs which fall from the master's table. I love that type of spirit. Lord, as long as it's from you, I don't care. As long as it's from you. That made me think of these verses. Psalm 84:10. For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. I think of Moses, where it talks about him in Hebrews 11, 24 through 26. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer with affliction with the people of God than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. He said, listen, I'd rather, I, I bear the, the reproaches of Christ, amen, are a better treasure to me than all that Egypt, that great nation, has to offer uh, in this world. She said, Lord, I'd rather have your crumbs, amen, if that, that'll uh, uh, meet my need, that'll give me what I need. And so he goes on to say, verse 28, Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole that very hour. Oh, to have faith, to be able to say, to pray that God cannot say no. She had a prayer that God couldn't say no to. And we need to say, God, hey man, we have needs, we have burdens. God, give me prayers that you cannot say no to. You see, she shot God, if you will, with her faith. What a testimony. God found faith. Listen, uh, he looked over them Pharisees. They knew the word of God. They had the word of God, but yet they didn't have the faith that they needed, amen, to be close to God and get stuff from God. So God turned around and in the most unexpected place and the most unexpected person, he had a faith, amen, that glorified him and got a prayer answered. Again, in verse 23, the disciples tried to send her away. Well, this is a good lesson for us as believers. The disciples tried to send her away. This is why we should not be a respecter of persons. This is why we should not be a respecter of persons. The last person you think might be the next great person of faith that God uses. Well, I think when I look back over 35 years, people I've met, you know, I, I'd, see, I'd see young missionaries and, man, I think, wow, that seems like a young man uh, uh, that, that, God, that God can really use and, Next thing I hear about a few years later, and you know, uh, they're not even in service to the Lord. I think of, I think of one missionary, uh, a young single missionary that came over and worked with us in, in Bulgaria. And I thought, man, I said, that, that young man's going to have a, have a tough time. And you know what? He, he, he's uh, still on the mission field today, and he's one of the greatest missionaries. I consider him one of the greatest missionaries that I have ever known. 
But yet when he was a young, single uh, missionary, he just seemed like he, he, you know, he had some, uh, uh, I don't know if it was learning issues or whatever the case was, but yet he didn't give up. And yet today, 30 years later, he's one of the greatest missionaries uh, that I know. So listen, don't, don't overlook. You see these children, you think, oh, well, that might be the one or that might be the one. Listen, it's important that we pray for all of them. You never know which is the one that God's going to. Somebody walks in that door and you think, oh, man, that, boy, that's, a, that's, a, that's a rough character. That might be the one that God cleans up and then uses to turn a Greenville upside down. The next one that you try to turn away, the next one that you uh, 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 don't think much of, amen, might be the next person of faith that God uses. Unexpected people can have unexpected faith. That's what God found in this woman, an unexpected person that had unexpected uh, faith. Many times we have preconceived ideas about people. I've been guilty of that, right? Preconceived ideas about people, even who God, again, might use or what God might do. So we've learned here that God doesn't like religion like the Pharisee. God doesn't like religion. You know what God likes? God likes real. You know what? The world doesn't need to see religion. The world needs to see real. Lord, I want to I, I live according to the Word of God. But Lord, help when, when people see me, help them not just to see some uh, religious uh, person who's a, uh, uh, who, who uh, won't do this and won't do that. Lord, help me to, to see that I'm somebody real, right? I, 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 I'm real in my faith for the Lord, but I'm also real in my care about people. So, Lord, I don't want people to see me as religious, but I want them to see me as real, like the dear woman in this story. Hey, she wasn't very religious, but she was real, amen? She had a real faith, and she really wanted to get a hold of God. So we may not be perfect, but we can be real like this woman. So in these verses, we see what? What do we learn? God is able to do a mighty work in places and in people where no one would expect him to work. We have no idea what God might do in the lives of the young people uh, of our church. I think of JP and uh, uh, PJ graduating, amen. I'm excited to see what God, I, I really appreciate these young men. Uh, they're, they're such a blessing to me, I really think. They're a blessing. And they've got a faithful uh, grandmother that's prayed for them all these years. Now she's going to see them graduate, and now they're getting ready to step out. I really want to see how God uh, uses uh, JP and PJ. They're a real blessing to me, not just because we share a birthday, amen, but uh, they're just good. And man, don't they look good with them new haircuts, man? I tell you what, man, they just, I was like, man, who are these good-looking guys visiting today? Well, that's JP and PJ, right? But I just really want to see God use them. We need to learn to take our burdens to the Lord in faith, believing that He alone is able to meet our needs. We understand that God works with us not only to meet our needs, but also to increase our faith and cause us to love and trust Him in a greater way than ever before. You see, like this woman, God rewards those who place their faith wholly in Him. See, listen, she was not about uh, to let go. She knew that's the only one that could meet her need. And she knew that that was the only hope, not only that she had, but that her daughter had. Hey, thank God you're saved because you've realized God, Jesus Christ is the only hope you have, but he is the only hope, amen, 
that these uh, uh, sweet little grandchildren, well, at least the boys and this girl too, amen, uh, that, that they have. It's the, only, it's the only hope that they have. And so we need to be praying for them now. We don't need to wait till they, oh, well, and they teenagers, we better start praying for them. You better be praying for them long, amen. That's why I, I, I told you, listen, I start praying for my, as soon as I find out that one of my uh, children are going to have me, I start praying for them right then. I said, oh, my goodness, I got to pray for that kid. They might end up like me if I don't pray for them. Amen. Pray hard. Pray hard. And we must see others as Christ sees them. Right. You know, again, a lot of people look at this story. And I've had people say, oh, look how he talked to that woman. He called her a dog. Yeah, I said, that's right. He did. He called her a dog. But if you'll turn over a few pages, you'll see where he died and shed his blood and showed his love for that dog. Amen. And pray, paid the price for her soul. We must see others as Christ sees them and to think not of the potential of people, but of the greatness of God and his ability to change their lives. So we see this woman's great prayer of faith. So I ask you tonight as we finish. How many of you have something pretty important that you're praying about? Well, of course, we have our children, we have our grandchildren, and maybe there's something else. I know I have some pretty serious things that I'm praying about. Of course, I'm praying for my children and my grandchildren, but I have other uh, things upon my heart that I'm praying about. Maybe it's a specific need. Maybe wisdom about an important decision. Maybe, again, a lost loved one or a friend. Maybe a, a career move or a financial need. Maybe something physical for yourself or a loved one. Maybe something in the home. It doesn't matter. Listen, it doesn't matter how much you pray. No doubt this woman, amen, had prayed about it before she saw Jesus. But hey, when she saw Jesus, said, hey, hey, listen, I'm never going to have another chance like this. It doesn't matter how much you've prayed. Amen. Let's bring that to the Lord of prayer again tonight and say, Lord, until you answer this prayer, amen, I'm not going to let go of you. Amen. If you don't come to me, I'm going to come to you. Amen. And, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to trust you and I'm going to worship you and I'm going to believe you. Amen. And Lord, I'm, 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 exp- I'm going to give you a prayer that you can't say no to because Lord, uh, my, 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 my children, amen, they've only got one shot at this life. My grandchildren only have a shot at this life. And uh, Lord, this, uh, this need, amen, I need you to actually give me wisdom about this. Lord, I need your direction. This. Lord, I need you to meet this need. But whatever it is, let's bring it to the Lord. Let's pray.